to awaken love. And many times in this song of Solomon, it's called her Song of Songs. I like Song of Songs because it's the Song of Songs. Because <laughs> it's written, it was written when they dedicated the, Solomon dedicated the temple. He received this prophetically and wrote it down. Solomon was full of wisdom, but this is dynamite. And, you know, there's a lot of books in the Old Covenant and a lot of references to prophecy in the future, prophetically about Jesus, what he's going to do in the cross, what he's going to do in, in the resurrection. There's a lot of prophecy in the Old Covenant. And if you disregarded the Old Testament, I call it the Old Covenant, um, look at it again because um, you can receive much more if you ask Holy Spirit to help you in reading it. And so, but this, oh my word, I can't tell you how this makes me feel. And I, I've been telling little by little our, our group, this is, this was birthed in the spirit, this, for this time, for this time, for the church, for the body. And we think, think of ourselves as the body of Christ. We think of ourselves as the, uh, bride, or actually the body of Christ the church, but we are the bride. And we don't always think of ourselves that way. Well, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is the one that's doing this. Awakening, awakening, the Holy Spirit hovers over us to awaken us to our bridegroom. And so um, this, this translation is about Jesus loving his bride into maturity. That's what it's about. Yes, it's an allegory. It's about King Solomon, the Shulamite maiden. And, but there is a type, uh, uh of what is going to happen when Jesus comes back for his bride. Hallelujah. And how he sees his bride. How he sees us now in our failures, in our shortcomings, in our weaknesses. He sees us as his bride. He's chosen us. If you will look in the New, New Testament at how Jesus elevated women, every woman he contacted, he lifted them up. And, you know, the men are going to have to get a hold of this too. And it may be a little more difficult for them to think of themselves as being the bride, but they are. <laughs> They're the bride too. But us ladies, we kind of have an advantage. You know, uh, because we like love stories, because we're, you know, we're just the way we are. And, and so, uh, I want to just put a little taste of this in your, in your mouth to just begin to hunger and thirst to understand who you are as the bride of Christ and how he sees you and how we need to see him as the bridegroom. Now is the time. You're here for such a time as this. And we're in great darkness right now, if you don't realize that. But the light must shine through the bride. Must shine through the bride. They said, the word says they will know us by our love. And I believe it's the love that they're going to see of us towards our bridegroom. And understanding his love that's been poured out on us. And 
so I'm encouraging you to, to read this in this particular translation. Read it in your Bible too and ask Holy Spirit, but this is really wonderful. And, uh, so we see three main characters in this, the Shulamite maiden, which represents the bride of Christ, who is prepared. Now this, this is mind blowing to be co-heir with Jesus, with the bridegroom. And, you know, Jesus, he didn't say, bride, you're down here. In this, it says, my equal. Does that just blow your mind? He is elevating us beside him, beside him. And so this is a love story. And uh, uh, we were introduced to it last night through the skits, through uh, Lisa's message was incredible. And uh, but today we're going to move on because it's time for the bride to mature. It's time for the bride to get a hold of who she is and to mature and get ready because this afternoon we're going to blow this place apart. <laughs> it may happen this morning. I don't know. We'll see. But. The revelation is going to come bit by bit, little by little. Open your heart to receive. The other characters in this are, of course, King Solomon or the Lord Jesus King, the heavenly bridegroom is who that represents. And then the Jerusalem maidens are those who love and honor Jesus but have not yet attained the maturity of passion seen in the bride. I think we're in that category right now. We, we, we've got a little bit to go to, to really receive that passion and the maturity that we need. So um, chapter 1, we see the love-starved maiden who says, Kiss me, kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. Kiss is a very intimate thing. And, you know, uh, Lisa was talking last night about the intimate, how we're born out of intimate relationships. We were born out of an intimate relationship and even with God that he knew us before we were ever formed in the womb. We were a divine substance in his heart before we were born. He already had a plan B. Actually, it was plan A. But he knew we were going to fail. He knew sin was coming, but he had a plan in place to recover us. That is just incredible. So I want us to be able to see that love that he has, hallelujah, for us. Um, so she calls out. You know, we have to call out to God. We have to call out to Jesus. We have to call out to our bridegroom. And he shows himself. And I want to read some portions in this uh, book. I read this part, but I'm going to read it again because there's some things at the end of it I want us to look at. Arise, my dearest. Now, this is, well, uh, first she calls out to him, and she says, I'm dark. I'm dry, like a desert. And she doesn't feel worthy. I'm unworthy. Has anybody been in that place? Jesus does not want us to feel that way. He does not see us that way. He says, you're lovely. You're lovely. You're radiant. He's calling out that person in us. And uh, and then the shepherd king talks to the brides-to-be. Promise me, brides-to-be, by the gentle gazelles and the delicate deer, that you do not disturb my love until she's ready to arise. 
Well, I think she's ready to rise. (laughs) Hallelujah. This is a time, prophetically, this is a time. Okay, uh, and she describes him, what he looks like, and how she feels. And here she says, now he gazes into my soul, piercing through the portal as he blossoms within my heart. The one that I love calls to me. And then he says, arise, hurry, my darling, come along with me. I've come as you have asked. See, she asked for him to come. To draw you into my heart and lead you out. For now's the time, my beautiful one. The season has now changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. Are you ready for winter to end? <laughs> Hallelujah. For now's the time. And the season of hiding is over and gone. It's time that the bride of Christ is not hiding anymore. Whoops. Excuse me. Sometimes. Thank you. Um, the season for pruning the vines has arrived. Does that sound familiar? I'm the vine, you're the branches. He's ready to, you're ready to be pruned because it doesn't feel good. (laughs) Some of you have probably already been in that process. The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth, the budding vines of new life. Without the pruning process, we don't bear fruit. Um, And then I'm going to go down there a little bit. Um, I'm in the second chapter, I believe. Anyway, he says, let me see your radiant face. And hear your sweet voice, how beautiful your eyes of worship, and I love the sound of your voice in prayer. You must, this is the, I didn't read this last night, but you must catch the troubling foxes. Those sly little foxes which hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? And this is the awesome thing. That he says, we will do it together. He helps us catch those foxes. He helps us. And and how many of y'all are dealing with troubling foxes right now that hinder your relationship with Jesus? You know, we all deal with them. And he wants us to he wants to help us identify them and get rid of them. We call them coyotes out at my house. <laughs> Here in Oklahoma, we have lots of coyotes. Anyway. They come and steal. They just come and snatch things um, because they're sly and they move quickly. And, and those are like the thoughts that come in our minds. Those are like the worries, the fears that come in and snatch our relationship with God, with Jesus. I know my lover is mine and I have everything in you. This is the Shulamite. For we delight ourselves in each other. But until the day springs to life and shifting shadows, fear disappear, turn around my lover and ascend. Now this is, okay, the bridegroom's asking us to come. The bridegroom's asking us to come, but here's what the, the bride said, or the Shilamite maiden says. Turn around my lover and ascend to the holy mountain of separation without me. She's letting him go. Until the new day fully dawns, run on ahead like the graceful gazelle and skip like the young stag. Over the mountains of separation. Go on ahead to the mountain of spices. I'll come away another time. Does that sound like something we do to, in our relationship? See, he's seen the troubling foxes and he's asking her to, 
to help get rid of him, but yet she's yielded to that, and she's turning away from him. Well, she turns back in chapter 3. Night after night, I'm tossing and turning on my bed of travail. Why did I let him go from me? How my heart now aches for him. But he is nowhere to be found. So I must search for him, looking through the city, seeking him until I find him. That's the kind of person the Lord wants, is someone who is diligently seeking him. And when we pull away, he's, you know, we just have to get back on track, don't we? And we, ha- but we still have that hunger inside of us, that hunger that says, I'm missing that. I'm missing that relationship. I'm missing that, that time with my king. And so she's, she misses it and she knows she's starved for it. And then she looks through the cities and tries to find him and, and she, she says, I caught him and fastened myself to him, refusing to be feeble in my heart again. Now I bring him back to the temple within where I give, have, was given new birth. You know, that's the new birth, the new, the conception that's in us of the Holy Spirit and we are born again. I'll bring him back to the temple within where I was given new birth, into my innermost parts, the place of my conceiving. And then, once again, the bridegroom said, Promise me, Jerusalem maidens, by the gentle gazelles and delicate deer, that you will not disturb my love until she's ready to arise. And then, this is the awesome part. Get ready to shout. (laughs) Who is this one ascending? This is the voice of the Lord. Who is this one descending from the wilderness in the pillar of the glory cloud? He is fragrant with the anointing oils of myrrh and frankincense. Myrrh is the suffering, the the scent of the suffering Savior. Uh, That used it in burial spices, as a burial spice. Myrrh. Frankincense represents his... Uh, the fragrance of his perfect life and ministry. More fragrant than all the spices of the merchant. Look, it is the king's marriage carriage. Woo! The love seat surrounded by 60 champions, the mightiest of Israel's hosts, like pillars of protection. They are angelic warriors standing ready with swords to defend the king and his fiancée. Hallelujah. From every terror of the night... The king has made the mercy seat for himself of the finest wood that will not decay. Pillars of smoke like silver mist. A canopy of gold and glory dwells above it. The place where they sit together is sprinkled with crimson. Love and mercy cover this carriage, blanketed in his tabernacle throne. The king himself has made it for those who will become his bride. What is that marriage carriage? Does anybody know? That he's talking about sprinkled with crimson I think it's the Ark of the Covenant where the glory dwelt in the Old Covenant the Ark of the Covenant that is our marriage carriage <laughs> hallelujah where he, the blood was sprinkled and, and, and I don't know if y'all realize it but the, the Jesus when he was resurrected he had to go and put his blood on that one in the heavenlies that there is a throne in the heavenlies or a ark, type of ark in the heavenlies 
that he had to sprinkle his blood. It's there now speaking for us, speaking for us. The place where they sit together is sprinkled with crimson. Love and mercy cover the carriage, blanketing its tabernacle throne. The king himself has made it for those who will become his bride. Rise up, O Zion maidens, brides-to-be. Come and feast your eyes on this king as he passes in procession on his way to his wedding. Woo! I tell you what, it's coming. It's coming. We're, we're going to... This day... This is a day filled with overwhelming joy, the day of his great gladness. He can't wait until he, you know, he's anticipating that time when he can receive his bride. Praise the Lord. Now that he he brings some more with that, but I'm not going to read all of it. He describes her again, uh, the bride and what she looks like to him and who she is. And then later in the chapter, he, uh, the Shulamite says, I've made up my mind. Until the darkness disappears and the dawn has fully come, in spite of shadows and fears, I will go to the mountain top with you. I will climb with you the mountain of suffering love and the hill of burning incense. What is that mountain he's talking about of suffering love? The cross. We have to climb that mountain with him in order to receive all that he has for us. A suffering love. We have, we, we need to see that. So we need to see his suffering love and what he did on that mountain and the incense that went up from the earth from his death. The incense of worship. The incense of give, the sacrifice of giving himself for his bride. For us. Hallelujah. And so we have to climb that mountain, and here she decides. And the hill of burning incense, yes, yes, I will be your bride. She decides. She's not, she's, she's agreed to this engagement, this betrothal. We're betrothed unto Jesus. We're brides to be. And someday he's coming, and he's going to receive his bride. And it's going to be a great celebration. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to have a worship time now. Does this excite you a little bit? I <laughs> get it. I tell you, receive this from the, from the Lord. Receive this anointing to see yourself as that beautiful bride without spot and blemish. I always thought, I always thought, how is he ever going to clean us all up? <laughs> You know, he's already done it. He has provided the cleansing with his blood. We can be transformed in that love. We can be transformed in that love that he has shed for us, that blood that he has shed for us. And I always thought, we'll never be able to do it. He'll never be able to get us there. He's already got us there. We just have to receive it, receive it for what he's done. And so... Open your heart this morning to worship the bridegroom, to let him speak to your heart. Let him make himself real to you and just just be free to worship how you want to. Just be free and uh, we're going to have an awesome time. Hallelujah. Let's praise him. Glory to God. Yeah.